You are listening to Go Full Crypto. I'm your host, Rogopshi Palway. This podcast is your best resource for crypto stories in the form of discussions and interviews. We uncomplexify tech jargon and we like to keep it simple. My co-host, Keegan Francis and I, we're here to empower you with the knowledge you need to confidently navigate your way into the world of crypto. Join us as we embark on the journey of driving the adoption of cryptocurrency. Join us in going full crypto. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. At no point in time should the topics of discussion be construed or taken as investment advice. Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and their guests on this podcast will not be held accountable for any losses. The content discussed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are intended to be for informational purposes only. Welcome to episode 11 of the GoFull Crypto Podcast. We now have our first 10 episodes out, which is very exciting for us. Uh, we recommend that you go back and listen to them and to get that base level fundamental knowledge that you'll need for the rest of our episodes. Uh, we're going to just be covering various topics and hopefully a little bit more conversational rather than speaking uh, at our audience. We're going to hopefully be having a conversation with the audience. We want the audience, you, to reach out to us and send us an email and send us topics and questions that you may have that you want answered by Rugakshi and I. So without further ado, we're going to jump off on this particular question. This is one of the most common questions that we get when people are entering the world of cryptocurrency. They're rightfully wondering how practical entering or using cryptocurrency actually is in 2020. Crypto is only about 12 years old. And can we actually use cryptocurrency to buy a coffee or goods and services? Is it actually living up to what the founder Satoshi Nakamoto actually wanted it to be in today's day and age? And that's that's essentially the conversation that we're going to have today. And even should we? Should we be using cryptocurrency to purchase coffee or get groceries from the market? Right. All of these are very good questions. Valid question. Yeah. If we strictly stick to the the Bitcoin white paper and what it says in that paper, it says that Bitcoin is supposed to be a peer-to-peer electronic cash system, which makes me think that, yeah, we should be able to use Bitcoin for buying a coffee. But in reality, that's, that's not exactly practical. Why is that, Murga? Well, I kind of want to dial back to the the term peer-to-peer electronic cash system and just divvy that up a bit because there's, unpack it, yeah. unpack it. there's so many terms in there that maybe the regular Jane and Joe don't really know about. So peer-to-peer simply just means one person to another person. Um, electronic is, as the word suggests, it is digital, virtual, on not in the physical reality or space. And cash system is simply uh, the system that is used to um, have a medium of exchange of some sort as it pertains to cash. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I think to add to that, we already know what peer-to-peer means. That like cash is already peer-to-peer. When I hand you or the coffee barista a $10 bill, that is a peer-to-peer transaction. There's no third party that needs to mediate that in order to give me permission to use the, that cash. Right. So cash is already, like you very rightly said, peer-to-peer. And Bitcoin proposed having that same kind of system, but in an electronic, digital, virtual way. 
Right, because it wasn't possible to transfer money from Canada overseas to Europe in a peer-to-peer fashion. That cash. It was if you sent money or sent oh. <laughs> like physical money. Put it in an envelope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even then, like, there's there's third parties that essentially have to carry that envelope, and they can open it up and steal the cash. And and so while that is a peer to peer system, it's it's kind of clunky and, and vulnerable in a sense, and it's slow. And so yeah, cryptocurrency is meant to. It was designed for speeding up peer to peer transactions on a global level. Yeah, and also making them digital successfully. Yes. Because, like, let's talk about the way that our money system works right now. I mean, we pay with our card nine nine out of ten times, especially right now during this pandemic, is you want to avoid as much um, physical touch as possible. And you used a very, really, very good term, clunky. Right now, our digital money is clunky with the way that it's stored and with the amount of access that we get to it. So cryptocurrency as a whole was designed to be a better system for us to use our money. And uh, uh, cryptocurrency is such an interesting term because quite literally breaking up crypto and currency means cryptography and then currency. So currency that is secured using some sort of cryptography. And Bitcoin was the first instance of that. But the crypto industry is so huge now and it has so it's multifaceted and has enabled so much more than just a peer to peer electronic cash system, Um, which leads me to then say and answer that first question. Is it really practical to use crypto to make daily purchases and daily transactions? And it's like, yes, maybe it depends on where you are. It depends on where you store your most of your money and it really like really depends on the circumstance it also depends on who you are as a crypto user and what your what your goals are i would suppose uh so this just to be clear with our audience this is actually a question that the crypto community itself is divided on there's very large groups of people on either side that say no uh, don't use bitcoin to spend it or yes use bitcoin and spend it on your coffee that's what it's built for that's what it's made for and then on the other side there's people that like no you got to hoard bitcoin because it's so valuable it's like digital gold it's not meant to be spent yet and i think there's a, a case to be made on either side and for for me i'm <laughs> i'm actually teetering on both sides i suppose it depends on which side of the bed i wake up in the morning well it really <laughs> <laughs> really? Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you're you're kind of swayed by public opinion or community opinion instead of public opinion. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, another way of looking at it is also something that Bitcoin has been called on multiple online stages, and that is Bitcoin is digital gold. So right now, you wouldn't use a, a slice of gold to buy your coffee. Right. And so if we conceptualize Bitcoin like that, then I would say no. Don't use Bitcoin for spending if you are part of the the digital gold camp. But if you're in the peer-to-peer electronic cash camp, then that's that's a whole separate conversation. And that's kind of where I'd like to take this discussion now. And just like going briefly over the fees of Bitcoin. The fees of Bitcoin is not cents. It's usually between 50 cents and $2 for any transaction. And so for a $2 coffee, it makes no sense at all, in my opinion, to uh pay a two dollar transaction fee i can think of a question that 
our listeners would think because if I was a listener I would think this and I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and ask it why is it that we always circle back to bitcoin yes it was the first cryptocurrency but now cryptocurrency is a much larger industry so if uh, we wanted to buy a coffee then why you know what bitcoin's not the only crypto asset out there we can use another asset uh, to purchase coffee or just use as money so yeah, why do we always circle back to bitcoin <laughs> it's uh Simply the easiest thing to talk about that's most relatable or friendly or familiar to most people. Uh, But I I would encourage us to (laughs) dive into other cryptocurrencies gradually and talk about the other kinds that are out there. Because while Bitcoin might charge a $2 transaction fee, there's lots of other cryptocurrencies out there that when you transact with them, it's cents or less or free. And that might be a better system for peer-to-peer cash. Okay, so let's um, let's try to divide this into two different segments. The first segment is, uh, in order to use cryptocurrency, what situation are you in? And one of the people that I've spoken to specifically said that, well, my business is in Germany and I live in Canada. And in order for me to get paid from my business or whatever situation that he had going on, um, he needed an easier way to get money to Canada because like, he is a dual citizen. So it, he can always keep money in Germany, but he has to pay the bills here, not right. in Germany. So that's kind of an example of one situation, which is, okay, what, where do you need your money? How, how are you getting paid? Like, do you need money to be transferred to you? Like, what is, what is going on with your situation? And then the second segment is why was cryptocurrency invented? Um, actually, no, more specifically, what does cryptocurrency enable? And we always talk about how it is censorship resistant, how it enables borderless transactions and how the fees are insignificant, depending on the cryptocurrency that you're talking about. And um, I think a balance of both of these segments will determine whether or not it is correct for you to use crypto on a day-to-day basis. And perhaps actually a third thing to think about can also be what sort of a situation is your country in? And, and that can kind of um, bleed into the first segment is what is your situation? Like, are you is your country or government currency going through hyperinflation? Because that is a case in a lot of, well, I say a lot, very... Uh, liberally but in, in a, a lot it's, well, yeah, it's happening and these countries also have or the people in these countries also have access to internet so obviously for them it is a better alternative to their own government currency so in order to answer that question for each and every one of our listeners um it's okay what kind of a situation am i in am i do if i want to use it for my coffee what how is like why Exactly. Why, why would I? Why would I? You know, is that going to benefit me in any way? Uh, that's question number one. And like, what is my crypto strategy? Is it to use crypto on a day to day basis, or is it just to as an investment? Right. So I, I think the first question ties into the third question: Should I use uh, cryptocurrency to buy my coffee? And well, how good is your government alternative currency? Because if you're in the states or if you're in Canada, then you probably don't really have much of an incentive to adopt cryptocurrency as cash yet. Uh, I just put that yet in there because who knows what the future will hold. We don't really know whether or not all countries are going to go through hyperinflation. We're kind of living through uncertain economic times. But if I'm in Zimbabwe, Venezuela, or Lebanon right now, 
then cryptocurrency is extremely appealing. Even with that $2 Bitcoin transaction fee, uh, it still outweighs the, uh, the government alternative currencies. And so for them, yeah, Bitcoin might be a great currency, but there are still other better cryptos out there that uh, have cheaper transaction fees. And the other th aspect of using crypto as, as cash is the volatility factor. And is there a way to combat volatility while still using cryptocurrency? And we covered that topic loosely in uh, in the last ep or episode nine when we talked about Tether, the stablecoin. And that might be a viable way for us to use cryptocurrency and have value. So I think that we can uh, have our cake and eat it too. Uh, just basically have the best of both worlds, have a stable cryptocurrency take advantage of all the nice things that crypto brings and have stability built into the, the money that we're using. Yeah, so you said uh, Canada or the States might not need to, as well as other countries who are currently stable with their monetary policy, uh, of course. But like uh, we've gone through a period of inflation not hyperinflation but our governments have printed more money in order to sustain the economy during this time and one could almost say that oh my goodness in the next five years this could heavily impact or this is already really heavily impacting the purchasing power of my savings down down the road so it's if if i have if you're saving your money in cash then that's a really bad idea except if it's for a rainy day. And the, the argument there is, okay, in order to protect your assets, you either put it in stocks or invest it in some sort of commodity or you put it in crypto. Uh, the thing with crypto is you just have more ability and access and control over your money. And stocks, I'm not completely familiar with it. So I can't really say that, oh, like, you know, this could also work out. But point is investment of some sort, having your money invested um in a commodity of some sort is always better than having it in cash. And crypto could be that one safe haven for you if you're younger and you know how, or, or older. Or older, <laughs> or yes. Older. I, I agree. This is Don't actually discriminate. one of the questions that, that we get a lot of the time is, okay, what's right for me? Uh, the older generations, yeah, they're almost always invested in stocks. And so to make that jump- Or gold. Or, or gold or commodities of, of some sort. They're usually used to the uh, quote unquote older way of doing things. And so crypto seems a little foreign to them. Whereas the younger generation, me included, I've never touched stocks. The first thing that I got invested in other than cash was cryptocurrencies. And that was because of my inherent mistrust in the stock market. I just kind of was affected by two, the 2008 crash and wasn't wasn't feeling overzealous uh, about putting my money in something like that. Whereas crypto, I, I, that's where I prefer to have my investments. And and uh, the thing that I like to tell people is cash is pretty well guaranteed to go down over time, where investments are not guaranteed to go up or down. It's just you kind of ride the market and uh, make your decision as you go. And I would rather not have my money in something that's guaranteed to go down. Which cash. is money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is cash. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So coming back to our question of what can I spend a cryptocurrency on? I like the, the only answer that I can think of is it really depends on your situation. There is no uh, hard and fast rule that, okay, this is what you can spend your cryptocurrency on. Right. No, it 
the, the, the great thing about crypto is that it gives you access to your money very easily. Yes. And depending on what you, you want to do with the access to your crypto assets is whether you want to keep it as an investment or use it as uh, something to transact with. And that is so easy depending on what you decide and when you decided. And let, let's bring up a couple of examples here. So you mentioned uh, your friend from Germany and he, he needs cash in Canada because he, he needs to pay bills in Canada. And so he's got money sitting in Germany. He needs to somehow figure out a way to move that. I'm assuming it's not 10 or 50 or $100 at a time. It's probably, you know, upwards of $1,000 a month, let's just say, as a conservative number. Well, I also just want to insert in here, right now the system that works for him works sure it it works it's it maybe is a little bit clunky but he has the advantage of being um, a german citizen as well and having a bank account there so there's fees obviously that uh, on which you lose out on some of the money but it's still possible it still worked that payment channel is established and then the question is can crypto have that payment channel be swifter easier cheaper and I think that the Factor. answer is yes to all those questions, just whether or not you want to educate yourself. Like what are the benefits to it's educating not, yourself? It's not about just yourself, though. Making your payment channel faster, uh, quicker, so faster, cheaper, more efficient. Is that the three that you said? Oh, gosh. Swift, faster, <laughs> swifter, cheaper. Which is the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone can remind if they want to go back to, to finding it. Um, yeah, but the other question is also, you know, how are the dividends for the business being paid out or you know however what currency is the money in germany being delivered in the first place mm -hmm. because there's multiple conversions that need to take place if uh, it needs to be in crypto and sure once it's in crypto then it's everywhere because then it's on the internet but if it's in german europe German euros? It's just euros, Oh my goodness. Okay. Euros is, there's like, you have to convert it from euros to uh, whatever cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, let's just say. say Bitcoin for the sake of this argument, or sorry, statement. And then once it's in Bitcoin, it's in Bitcoin. But who, like, how much do you have to go through? How many hoops do you have to jump through in order to make that first transaction happen? Right. And what fees do you pay to get there? And how long does that take? And how many people do you have calling you asking you questions about what you're doing with your money in the bank account? All those things. So really, I think it's an, on an individual level, you need to sit down and examine your situation. Like, Am I trying to bring my family here from a foreign country where the currency is unstable or it's stable and I still need to move a large amount of wealth out of the country? You need to do a cost benefit analysis uh, based on how much it'll cost and how much time it'll take. And weigh that against the other options because it might be that you're going to spend five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars to move the money here through Western Union or some so the banking infrastructure, and it might be that it'll be two thousand dollars to do it through crypto. And so there's there's a real incentive for people to start looking at this technology as a, as a better way of moving money around the world. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, last year actually she was telling me that her friends it was this couple and or let's just say this family and um the the dad or was in the army and he was posted to a country in europe i don't remember specifically which country in europe but he had to move from canada he had to move his family from canada to europe and this was 
somewhere around uh, a decade ago, so around 2010. And there was no way or no cheaper way, I guess, for them to liquidate all of their cash from their bank account in Canada and then transfer it to a bank account in the European country. I think there was just no payment channel established between these two banks. So what they had to do, I said liquidate earlier, I meant transfer. What they had to do is they had to liquidate um, all of their digital assets. What I'm trying to say is they had to get all of their money out in cash, in notes, in paper money. Oh, and travel with from, cash. Yes, they had to take all of their money out. Oh gosh, I don't even know what the term, I just- Withdraw, I suppose. With, withdraw, <laughs> have all of their digital money be in physical paper or money and put that in a suitcase and then immigrate to the country that they were going to with physical money in their suitcases. That sounds This is like around 10, like around 2010. Yeah. And so that really wouldn't be possible to do with, with like at the time in cryptocurrency. Like I, I bet that still happens for oh, a lot of Oh, 2010? Bitcoin was up then. But yeah, yeah but there like, was no, yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You couldn't actually use it depending on if it was after or before May 22nd. Yeah. But <laughs> which is pizza day, by the way. Um, I think, uh, the next kind of topic that I'd like to bring up is just the the topic of cryptocurrency being a skip technology and how it's very useful. Like like you were just explaining that this family needed to withdraw that cash because there is no other alternative. There is no other alternative, and like I do that. This is like a slight tangent and a divergence from our previous conversation. But in many of the developing nations in the world, they don't have banking infrastructure whatsoever. So I, I remember a friend of ours told us a story where he was living, I do believe it was Zimbabwe, and they have one of the worst banking infrastructures, at least at the time that uh, that he was living there. He went to the bank to withdraw the money. And the bank just said, listen, we actually don't have that amount of money on hand. And it's because they get a delivery of cash in a truck that goes there and actually delivers physical bills. And if the economy is dependent upon those physical bills, then it's very difficult for the people in the local economy to actually exchange value in any way, shape or form. And so their banking infrastructure, much like their telecommunications infrastructure, is uh, not matured. And they went straight to cell phones. They never went to to landlines in many African nations. Uh, And so cell phones were a skip technology for them. They skipped the landlines, went straight to cell phones. And it's been uh, hearkened or it's been prophesized that cryptocurrency is the skip technology for financial infrastructure for these developing nations. And that's a really cool conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to refer back to the word that you, the term that you used, uh, clunky. If this was possible in 2010, and this is around the time that Google started uh, testing their auto autonomous vehicles Mm. so it's really not like tech was lacking right it's just that change is expensive and there wasn't enough incentive for the for the banks i guess (laughs) (laughs) uh to to make it more efficient for people to transfer money why would it be well they're making billions of dollars off of the the fees that they charge to transfer money around the world. Or, or just like have access to people's money so that banks can use that to make more money. Invest, reinvest, loan out, etc. Yeah, fractional reserve banking is what we're talking about. But again, that's we, dig, we digress. Um, 
clunky. The clunkiness of our financial systems is what is causing our uh, the transfer and ease of transfer of money across borders or even really domestically so so hard and uh, not hard but inefficient uh, and to answer the question what do you use cryptocurrency for what do i use cryptocurrency for it really again depends on what situation are you in what do you need to do what do you need to have happen what is your current system of transferring money anywhere and is transferring your money in crypto going to make that more efficient, swifter, faster, cheaper? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that cost-benefit analysis on an individual level, I think, is what's needed. Exactly. And I, I did want to answer the, the question, but uh, like really directly from our perspective, how do we spend our cryptocurrency? And also, do we even accept cryptocurrency? So if, uh, if you were to contract us for a service of sorts, we would absolutely accept your Bitcoin. We wouldn't necessarily say, hey, like you should pay us in Bitcoin because, you know, early in this episode, we're like, man, maybe that's not a great idea. Yeah. But if you want to pay us in Bitcoin, that's entirely something that we would accept as valid payment. Yeah, because money is a belief system. And if your merchant is accepting of a particular kind of cur currency, then and you want to pay them in that currency, why wouldn't you? That's right. That reminds me of that story someone told us where um, this, this lady, she was in Hong Kong and she was in a restaurant. She finished eating her meal. But for some reason, she forgot her wallet that had her cash or credit card or whatever. But she had her phone on but, her. Yeah, exactly. She had her phone on her and she was in a slight panic when it was time to pay for her meal and just took a leap of faith and she asked her server, do you accept Bitcoin? And they were they were like, yes, we yeah, do. We do. Yeah. And like, So that lady didn't go to jail <laughs> and they didn't call the cops for not paying that uh, the, Well, I'm, the bill. I'm sure there could have been some arrangement at that point. But yeah, I know. I'm just... I'm being funny. <laughs> Trying to, at least. <laughs> the point is, um, if the merchant accepts a form of payment, then there you have it. That's another way to use your crypto, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, the cryptocurrency industry is so much larger, larger than just facilitating payments, though. There is so much that has come out of the innovation and technology um, that made crypto possible in the first place. And we won't dive into that right now, but just planting, future episodes. yeah, future episodes, just planting a seed that crypto is not simply um, a financial technology. It, it is that, and it was primarily that, primarily that, but it is so much more now. Yeah, and we will co cover that at a later time. Yeah, but the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the way to spend cryptocurrency. Our the way that we think that cryptocurrency is most easily spent. And maybe you have a different answer than I do, but let me give my answer first and then and then you can rebuttal or or add to that if you like. And that's with uh, these crypto visa debit cards. And with these visa debit cards, you can load cryptocurrency onto it similarly to how you'd load US dollars, euros, Canadian dollars onto a prepaid visa debit card. And I can load Bitcoin onto it. I can load a stable coin onto it. I can load a variety of cryptocurrencies onto it. And I can swipe my card at any Visa terminal or insert it into any ATM uh, that accepts Visa. And oh, it will pop the currency of my choice. Or if I swipe it at the merchant at my local Canadian coffee shop, uh, Bitcoin will call up, come off my balance and the merchant will receive Canadian dollars. And so that one of the first questions that we asked in this episode is, is it even possible to spend cryptocurrency? 
And a lot of the time people are like, well, the merchant is going to have to accept cryptocurrency too. And it's like, no, that's not true. There's these really cool businesses out there that, uh, well, they're the middle person. That's not exactly a peer to peer transaction uh, because Bitcoin is coming off of my balance. The merchant in the middle that supports the Visa debit card, they give the merchant Canadian dollars and they take the Bitcoin off of my balance. But it's still facilitating a, a cryptocurrency based payment, which is uh, a step along the way to a fully crypto economy. And one question that people can have just after listening to your answer, it can be, well, why would I do that? Right. Because if I have my visa card that's connected to my bank account in my home country, why would I instead use your method? And, you know, an answer to that question is, well, it depends on how much your bank charges you uh, as on transaction fees if you are traveling anywhere right. just to convert your home currency into whatever currency the merchant accepts. Foreign transaction fees, cash Foreign, advance fees. Yeah. Ca oh, yeah. The cash advance, because you would possibly be using a credit card. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know of debit cards that work internationally. So it would have to be credit. So there's a couple of fees that you pay just to make that transaction happen. And that's that's one answer. Well, if, if your cash reserves are in Bitcoin, like uh, Tahini's restaurant's cash reserve, something that we covered in just our last episode, episode 10, uh, and you want to spend your money. And Bitcoin is, again, not the only cryptocurrency that you can use. There's tons. It depends on what your reserves are in. And if you use this Visa debit card, then you get the ability to spend it anywhere in the world and you just pay fewer fees. Yeah. There's all sorts of incentives to using these these crypto visa debit cards. They've actually got really interesting and fascinating aspect of the crypto world. Yeah, maybe we can cover that at a later time too. Yeah, they almost deserve an episode of yourself to like just figure out how they've actually put that together and stitch together those payment rails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, to wrap up this episode, yeah. uh, can cryptocurrency be used for day-to-day -day purposes? Yes. Totally. Should cryptocurrency be used for day-to-day -day purposes? Depends on your situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple. Well, to all of our listeners, if you have a topic that you want to have us cover um, or just listen to our opinion on it, just go to our website, gopalcrypto.com forward slash podcast, and you can um, suggest your topic. There's a box in there somewhere. <laughs> we have to do some more shameless plugging yeah. as well. So I'm Crypto Keegan on Twitter. You follow me, you'll hear me shilling Bitcoin all day long. And uh, I also write a, a daily news piece on uh, various websites. And, and I usually post that on Twitter as well. So if you want to keep up to date on the stuff that's coming out of my head, then that's uh, Twitter is probably the best way to do that. And Rugakshi? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't talk much because I'm, I'm a lot in my head. So. And oh, Instagram, though. No? Sorry? And Instagram. And Yeah, that's true. Okay, so... Rogakshi Palve on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me, definitely put a message in so I, I, I have context as to our connection. Or you can just follow me on LinkedIn. Oh, and sorry, Instagram. We're also on YouTube. And so we film each I and every... I talk about... I wasn't done. Oh, sorry. On Instagram. <laughs> I talk about random crypto topics uh, and just money in general um, as part of my stories on, on Instagram. Okay, now you can go. Okay, sorry. Yes, yes, we're on YouTube as well. So hello, YouTube channel. Uh, we uh, we launched this a bit ago and we're filming every one of our podcasts and more. And so you got to check that out as well. Hit the like button, subscribe. Yeah. And one last thing. Uh, if if you're enjoying listener, listening to our content, then give us a review on your favorite podcasting app so that more people can trust the fact that we're producing legit content and want to listen to it as well. It's literally the least you could do. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.